want you to look in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. Solomon loved the Lord, <clears throat> walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And Thy servant is in the midst of Thy people, which Thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore Thy servant an understanding heart to judge Thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Open our hearts to it tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to look at how Solomon approached the Lord here. And we have looked at this before a while back. But this has been on my heart. And God has pricked my heart since we talked about it in BTC that night. And we were, we were talking about this. Uh, but I want to talk about how he approached the Lord. I want to talk about how clear of a, uh, presence that he had of the Lord. Isn't it amazing how Solomon got there and the communication between him and God was so clear that he could tell us word for word what the Lord said? Isn't it amazing that his worship experience that day was so great? Uh, that that under inspiration of God, he had to write it down. And I had to get it in this book so that we could read how Solomon came before the Lord. And may I tell you, if you're going to approach God, you, you cannot approach God on your standards and your terms. You must approach God on His terms. And we want to do it our way. And our way does not work. It's not effective. But if we go to God God's way, then it's going to work. And we have an example of a young man, he's a man, he's a grown man, and he just inherited an entire nation. And David, his father, had given him the speech and said, here's the kingdom, you go and you rule and reign. But his dad gave him all kinds of advice, and one of the things that he told him, he said, you seek the Lord with all your heart, and with all your mind, with all your soul, and all that you have, and God will bless you. God will make your kingdom to prosper. God gave us this promise that He would prosper this kingdom. And so Solomon is, has just inherited the kingdom. And it's so amazing to me to see his humility. What a task that he's fixing to undertake. Man, how unbelievable this man is fixing to take over this kingdom. And he's overwhelmed by it. And so instead of being prideful, well, I got this, you know, I'm going to work this out. He humbled himself before the Lord because his daddy told him, you seek the Lord, and the Lord's going to take care of you. So he did exactly what Daddy told him to do. He went to the Lord. And he humbled himself before the Lord. And I want you to know that God blessed him. 
And God blessed the presence that day, and God blessed His prayer. I want you to notice how He did. Notice verse 2. It said, Only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Now, Solomon's desire here was pure. What he was doing was biblically wrong. Solomon had no business getting into the office of the priest. God designed an office for this to be done, not the king, before the priest. And that's what, uh, that was the discussion we had gotten into class, and that's what started this. And how did God bless it? Because if you remember, King Saul tried to do the work of the priest, and God took His Holy Spirit away from him for that. God punished him because he went in there to do the work of the high priest. Now understand that he went and he did this, and it's not about the action as much as it was his heart. Understand that I believe the difference between Solomon and Saul was the heart of those men. Saul had a heart that he wanted to be God. He wanted to play the uh, the place of the priest. Solomon genuinely wanted to meet with the Lord. Solomon wanted to do this. He broke the Levitical law. He broke it. He did not do what God designed for them to do. But God blessed it anyway. Isn't that amazing? When we don't know what to do all the time, we don't know all the fancy words, we don't know all the ritualism and all of this, of this church stuff we do. But isn't it amazing how God will bless our hearts? If we go into it with a pure heart, if we go into it with the heart of seeking God, with a pure and, and contrite heart, isn't it amazing how God will bless it? This man came before the Lord and he offered these sacrifices. And God accepted it. Just years before then, uh, God rejected Saul for the very same thing. But the heart of Solomon was different. Solomon wanted to meet with the Lord. And he wanted everything that he could to meet with God and get help in this new endeavor. Now, in that day, the priest would offer a burnt offering two times a day. And the Levitical law, this is what you did. You would offer this burnt offering and offer up this incense. This incense was a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the purpose of this was to renew the relationship between God and man on a daily basis. They didn't just offer one time a year. That was the Day of Atonement. But every day they offered two times a day. You know why? Because every day our relationship with God needs to be renewed. Every day we need to renew our relationship with the Lord. And this proves to me that all Solomon was trying to do was keep a clear line of communication between him and God. He wanted his relationship with God to be fresh and renewed every single day. He wanted to be so close to God that he could feel him and touch him and, and, and just have his presence about him as he served this king. And you know what? He got it. He got it. And he went. And the Bible said that he offered a thousand times. That's how fresh he wanted his relationship with the Lord. 
That's how renewed that he wanted his communication to be with God. Is that he went and he did it a thousand times. Isn't that amazing? What are you willing to do to stay that close to God? What are you willing to do in your life to get that close with the Lord? Sometimes we don't even want to get off the couch and go to church. Amen? We've all been there. We've all been there. But what is it tonight? What is it that we have to do to get that close to the Lord? It wasn't right. He didn't do the right thing, but His heart was in the right place. And He wanted to meet with God. But most of all, He wanted God to meet with Him. And I'm going to tell you today, when I sat there this morning and I prayed, and I couldn't get focused, it's a scary thing when you're reaching out and you feel like God's a million miles away. What are you willing to give up to meet with the Lord and for the Lord to meet with you? This man was willing to sacrifice and go beyond the Levitical law to be in the presence of Jehovah. Isn't this amazing? Now I want you to notice what it said here in verse 5. In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. I want to meet with the Lord in such a way that I can feel Him talking to me. Have you ever prayed to God and you got down on your knees and you feel like you never got anything from it? You felt so far away from Him, you felt like that He didn't speak to you, you didn't get anything from it. That's a horrible feeling. When this man cried out to God, God responded. I'm telling you, it's an awesome thing when God's people cry out to the Lord and the Lord responds to our cry. May I tell you, it's a mighty thing when God's people humble themselves in a manner and in a place that when they say, God, we need you, He says, here I am. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome that little old us today could humble ourselves enough and fall on our face and talk to an Almighty God enough that He will respond to us and hear us and hear our cry? There's seven billion people on earth that are going through trials and He can hear little old me. Isn't that awesome? Man, there are millions of people praying at one time and He knows everything on your heart. He knows every prayer. He knows every hair on your head. Isn't that awesome? Solomon said, Lord, and he said, here I am. Here I am. Oh, what a feeling to be in the presence of God. Oh, man, I love a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. I love a good old-fashioned, my daddy used to call it a come-to-Jesus meeting. <laughs> when you just get back to that place where you hadn't communed with the Lord in a long time, that you just humble yourself enough to get back to that place that you have that little talk with Jesus that you need. May I tell you, we need a little talk with Jesus tonight. We need to get in His presence tonight. We need to be there and we need to communicate with the Lord. I'm going to wrestle this wire all night, I guess. Let me tell you something. His presence is sweet. And there's nothing better in the world than the presence of the Lord. What are you willing to do to get into His presence? Don't you love it when He answers us? Don't you love it when He responds to us? Notice what He said in verse 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, 
and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with Thee, that Thou hast kept from him this great kindness, that Thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. It's amazing to me how much need that Solomon had, but the first thing he did was thank the Lord for the throne that he was sitting upon. The first thing he did was praise him for the for the mercy that he showed his father. The first thing he said before he ever asked for anything, he said, God, thank you. Lord, thank you. You want to meet with the Lord, you start praising him and you watch what happens. You start talking about how good and great and mighty he is. You get on your knees, and that's one thing I've learned when I'm when I'm struggling. When I'm struggling just reading my Bible, just to stop and say, God, thank You. Thank You for loving me when I wasn't worth loving. Thank You for Your mercy and Your grace. Thank You for that place called heaven. Thank You for the promise that You give us that nothing can pluck me out of Your hand. When's the last time you just stopped and said, God, thank You for what You're doing for me. You want to get in His presence, start praising Him. Start lifting Him up. Start elevating Him. And just talk about how good God is. Amen? Brother Don used to tell me all the time, he said, boys, when y'all don't know what to preach, just get up there and preach Jesus. He said, there ain't nothing in this world better than praising the name of Jesus. May I tell you, if you want to get in His presence, praise His name. Praise His name. Oh, I love this. Oh, thank You for the mercy that You showed my Father. Thank You for putting me on this throne. Thank You, Lord, for what You did. Notice verse 7. And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. Notice the humility of this. He called himself a little child. This man was a grown man. But he called himself a little child. This refers to his experience. He was young in experience. This refers to his maturity. He was young in his maturity. This refers to his wisdom. He didn't have a lot. And so when he approached the Lord, he said, I'm just a little child. I'm small in experience. I'm small in wisdom. I'm small in this, but you're big, God. Isn't that amazing that he humbled himself so much? This is a king of a country. He's supposed to have it all figured out. And he said, Lord, I'm small in this. I don't know what to do. May I tell you one of the greatest words that we can ever say to the Lord is, Lord, I don't know what to do. May I tell you one of the greatest things that we can tell God is, I don't know what to do. I need you to do it for me. You want to meet with God? You come to Him so humble and broken before Him so helpless, saying, God, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen it. I've been there. That I've humbled myself to that point and place that I was clueless. God, I don't have the answers. I don't know the plan, but You do. And God stepped in and gave me everything I ever needed. (laughs) Give you every answer. But you got to humble yourself. you got to lower yourself down. And every time that you lower yourself, you're elevating Him. And this is so neat. And the whole picture of falling on your face. If you remember, Abraham fell on his face. And that whole picture is that we're getting lower. But the lower you get, the higher you've got to look up to the Lord. And friend, He's got to be exalted in our life. 
And if He's going to be the God of our life, we're going to have to get down low enough so that He can be big enough in our life. Man, isn't that awesome? I'm, I'm just a little child. Don't go to God and pray and say, God, I know what you need. I know what I need. I know, I know you don't know. And you'll never know if you act like that. But He knows. And we must lower ourselves in pride in order to get the answers. What must I lose of myself in order to get the answers? I'll never forget when I told Lacey, when y'all called me as pastor, I said, Lacey, I know I don't know the answer, but I know how to get there. Three days I went off, two or three days, just went off, got to raking leaves, just got out, got away from everybody, got in the Word for a couple of days. And I just humbled myself and I cried. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't do anything. But I had to humble myself low enough that I could hear Him speak. But He wanted me to get to that place where I could listen. And that was my problem. I didn't want to listen. (laughs) Y'all always want to listen to God. I don't. Sometimes I don't like what He wants me to do. But what He wants me to do is best. Because His plan is best. His will is best. We must humble ourselves before Him. Now I want you to notice what it says here in verse 8. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. He noticed the and, and acknowledged the responsibility that God had given him. And I love this. He had this great position, and he never let it go to his head during this prayer. He said, God, I understand that You gave me every bit of this. I understand that this nation that You give me is my responsibility. And I believe Solomon was thankful for it. But he knew that he had a great responsibility before him. And that's why he's praying this prayer. Notice what he said in verse 9. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? He asked for wisdom. Why? To judge the people. Judge the people according to what? Judge the people according to the Word of the Lord. So this prayer was an unselfish prayer. You ever get selfish in your prayer life? I do. Me and I is mentioned probably more than the name of Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that bad? Oh, God, I need. God, I want. God, I would like to have. Oh, this and oh, that. Try in your prayer life to be unselfish. This was not about building up the kingdom of Solomon. This was about building up the kingdom of God. Give me this wisdom so that your kingdom can get bigger and better. This wisdom had nothing to do with Solomon's kingdom as much as it did God's kingdom. God, You give this to me so that I can use this for You. I want to use it for Your honor and Your glory. You want to approach the Lord? You praise Him. Man, you start praising Him, you humble yourself, but you start getting unselfish in your prayer life. And you quit making your prayer life... Less about you and more about Jesus and His kingdom. 
I love what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I love what Jabez said, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Notice this. And enlarge my coast, that thy hand may be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him which he requested. Because it wasn't just about his coast. It was about the coast of the kingdom of God. It was about God getting bigger instead of me. That's what God wants from us. If you want to approach the Lord, it needs to be very unselfish. I mentioned this this morning. That there are people that need us to go to Jesus on their behalf. We need to touch Jesus for somebody. We need that intercessory prayer. God's people, we need to get in His presence. We got some people we love that are, that are hurting in a mighty, mighty way. Philip Lawhorn is on my heart so much tonight. His family needs us to touch Jesus for them. Somebody needs to get in the presence of the Lord. And just pray. And just pray and pray and pray. They went up there, uh, Brother Dale and them went up there today. But they're trying a few things on Philip. And if this doesn't work, they're going to take everything off in a couple of days. They've gotten to that point in place. The family's hurting and grieving. We need to pray. We need to pray. Maybe pray that God intervenes. Maybe pray that God heals. But most of all, pray that God would comfort that God would extend His grace. God can do anything. We need to pray. My heart is hurting tonight for Texas. What a sad, sad thing to look on television and seeing people put their lives in an aluminum boat and float away. Unreal. The people that are hurting. There are churches after church after church that are down there hurting right now. They've gotten 25 inches of rain and they're expected 18 more inches this week. Somebody needs to touch heaven for them. Amen? Somebody needs to get in the presence of the Lord. Something else? Brother Trey and Sterlington, we need to keep praying that God would open doors. Somebody needs to get in the presence of the Lord and say, God, open every door. Open every door. I love how Brother Trey said this. We found some cheap land. Cheap land. I'm poor country boy. There ain't nothing cheap about a hundred and something thousand dollars per acre. But God is working. God's people need to approach the Lord. Our position open here at Promised Land as youth pastor. Somebody needs to get in the presence of the Lord and say, God, we want your will. We want your will. Brother Tim come out today. And he said, Preacher, the, the, the Lord has burdened me this morning with your sermon. I said, What is it? He said, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but is there a way that we can get the names of lost people that we know so that we can pray for them? He said, I don't want to just throw this generic prayer out. I want to call them out by name. Oh, that somebody would go and call them out by name. Amen? And lift them up to the Lord. 
and ask God to convict them. I'm asking you to get at the altar with me tonight. I'm not asking you to do something I'm not going to do. But I'm going to ask you tonight to put everything to the side. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what we got to do tomorrow. Amen? It doesn't matter what we did this morning. It doesn't matter. All that matters is right now, us and the Lord. And I'm going to ask you, child of God, when is the last time that you fell before Him and you got in His presence? And not necessarily go and ask of anything, but just to fall down and say, Oh, Lord, thank You for being so good. Oh, there's been times in my life and in my ministry that I've had experiences with the Lord, Miss V, that I've never forgot. And I long for those times sometimes. Those times that you just get there and you know that He's there and you know that He's listening. And as I fell on my face this morning, I felt so far away from the Lord. And it's the scariest feeling in the world for a safe person. But He said, if you seek Me, He shall find Me. If you knock, it shall be open unto you. And I believe if we'll go before Him tonight, that we're going to find Him. But we're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to say, Lord, here we are. We don't come to Him on our way and our standard. We come to Him His way. We must be broken. Oh, He's so precious to save us, to love us, to redeem us, to buy us, to forgive us, to prepare a place for us. Oh, He's holy.